All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Does everybody feel good today? Let me tell you, Elevate, you look good, you smell good, everything seems good. Everything's good. I took a shower on Friday and I'm feeling good. This is a great day to be in the house of God. I feel like there's a lot of smiles today. I don't know if it's because the weather's starting to kind of cool down just a little bit. It's kind of nice. My, my wife and I did some decorating in the house, a little bit of, you know, autumn stuff going on. Which is, how many did some decorating for autumn? Maybe bought some pumpkins at Trader Joe's or wherever else. I put pumpkins everywhere, pumpkins everywhere. And that, that Indian corn, how many gets that Indian corn? All different colors, like the corn, it just looks like. It reminds me of harvest time. I'm from Pennsylvania. My wife and I have only lived out here for about eight years, seven or eight years now. And uh, so I'm from Pennsylvania, harvest time. It's like all the colors of the leaves and everything. We get very little of that out here, but that's, that's all right. Uh, California is great in so many ways. Everybody good this morning? All right, we want to welcome you to Elevate Ministries. We're so glad that you decided to join with us here in person and on purpose. This is a church where we like to have a good time. We like to worship our God unashamed, loud, as loud as we can possibly be, because he deserves all of it. He deserves all of it this morning. And we want to welcome everybody watching on the live stream today, whoever you are, wherever you might be. I know there's people that are watching in other states and in other countries. We want to welcome you today. God bless you. Thanks for joining in with us today. We want to encourage you this morning, if you want to give and you want to be a part of what's going on here at Elevate Ministries, we make it as easy as we can possibly make it to give this morning. This is a, 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 a thank you, QR code. Then all you have to do is hold up your phone and snap a picture of it, and that'll take you right to where you need to go, or you have these other ways to give. Or if you are 100% against technology, that's okay. We got you covered here, too. In the back, there are those two blue boxes that you can't miss on your way out. If you want to give to God here at Elevate Ministries, we, we want to encourage you to do that. When I give to God, not only the church gets blessed, but I get blessed, because that's how, that's how, that's how God's economy works. When I give, my God gives back to me. Ask anyone who is a, who is a faithful giver, and they will tell you, when you give to God, God never, never, ever, ever lets you down. He will always bless the people who give to him. Amen. Are you with me this morning? All right. We want to, we want to invite all of our kids who might still be in here. You guys can go and go to, the, go, to the, uh, go to the kids' ministry. We're grateful for our kids' ministry people. You know, uh, yesterday we had Saturday morning prayer. And a big shout out to everybody that's here for Saturday morning prayer on a regular basis. It's, it's a commitment to get up on a Saturday morning. It's only, it's only from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. But it's a commitment to come in here and be a part of Saturday morning prayer. And yesterday, um, yesterday, uh, Brother Jesse, where's Jesse at? Jesse was, Jesse was here and he came up and he prayed. And he was praying about his kids. And he, he, was, he, he was kind of a little bit emotional and he was, he was talking about, uh, you know, how when he's at his house and he, he was kind of talking to the mic, he's like, when I'm at my house and I'm, I'm struggling with something and I hear my little girls in the other room and what are they doing? They, all they ever do is talk about Jesus. All they ever do is talk about Jesus. And he was, he was praying a prayer of thankfulness to God. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the kids' ministry, for the people that, 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 that teach our children all about the things of God. And here his kids are in his house, and they don't even realize they're ministering to the man. And they're just in there singing praise songs and talking about Jesus. And he can hear that. And even in, in a darker time in his life, or he's going through something, and he can hear his own kids speaking words of faith. How amazing is that? I'm so grateful for the kids' ministry out there. Amazing people. Wonderful, wonderful people. And speaking of amazing and wonderful people, you probably noticed our pastors and their families are not here today. 
good, because they might be watching. But... I know, it's terrible. No, but they're not here today. Our pastors are enjoying a very needed and a very well-deserved vacation, and we are so happy that they can go and have a vacation. And so they're, they are out in uh, the Hawaiian Islands, and I think they're on the, uh, the island of Kauai, and they are, they're just running around in, in paradise and soaking up the sun, getting nice and tan, and drinking all kinds of fruity, you know, pineapple drinks, and just having a good time. And and we're so grateful that they can do that and they can relax and, and God can kind of restore some energy back into them again. And uh, I know that it's, for myself anyway, it's a, it's a, pretty, big, it's a pretty, pretty big responsibility to be able to, to be up here while they're away. And, and so I was kind of praying this week and I was like, God, you know, I don't want to do anything on my own strength. God, I just want you to, if you could just help me, Lord, just give me a word, Lord. Give me a, something that I can bring to, to elevate ministries on Sunday morning, Lord, that would help the people while while our pastors are away and in paradise and just having a good time and, and, uh, and they're, just, they're just loving life out there and sitting on the beaches while we're all back here in our chairs and, and they're, you know, they're just enjoying the sunlight. God, is there something, is there something that, you can, that you can help us in this moment, our, our church in this moment, God, while they're you know, just having a great time and laughing together while we're all here you know, continuing on in the faith. And so I feel like God gave me a scripture this morning and um, and I just wanted to, if you, if you just kind of open up your spirit, open up your, your ears to hear this morning the scripture that God kind of downloaded while our pastors are out there and we're back here. It's Psalm chapter 14, verse 30, and it says this. It says, envy and jealousy rot your bones. And I just really feel, I just really feel like that's a scripture that we should really take and hold on to while our pastors are away living it up. <laughs> now, oh guys, if, we, if you're watching this morning, Pastor Adam, Pastor Kerry, Carl, Bonnie, everybody, we love you guys from here at Elevate Ministries, holding down the fort. We, listen, we love you guys. God bless you guys. Have a great time. In fact, get off the live stream and go get in, get in the ocean. It's probably better for you anyway. Tomorrow is Pastor Kerry's birthday, and so make sure while they're away, go on, go on to social media and wish her a happy birthday. We're so blessed that Pastor Carrie is a part of the ministry here. I know that every time she's up here preaching the word, everyone is blessed. Amen? Uh, Pastor Carrie is such a wonderful person, and so we're so glad for that. Make sure you wish her a happy birthday. A couple quick announcements before we get into the word. Uh, on the 23rd of this month, someone say the 23rd? On the 23rd of this month, there's going to be an outreach, and it's going to be led by Adrian, Richard, and John Peniagua. They're going to be doing an outreach, and they're going to meet here at the church at 3.30. Our church, we believe in outreach. There's people that are here today, and you're here today because someone did an outreach, and they reached you. Now, here you are, and you've experienced the goodness of God because of their outreach. So we encourage everyone that can be a part of that. Also, we're doing, again, our, our annual trunk or treat, which if you've ever been a part of it, it's really quite cool. It's where a bunch of people kind of decorate the trunks of their car. We all park back here in the cul-de-sac, and lots of people come, and they go around, and the trunk or treat really is what it is, but it's a great time. We encourage you to be a part of it. It's going to be Saturday the 30th from 6 to 8, and there's a sign up in the foyer, and here, listen, listen, everybody listen. We need candy donations. I, 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 you can ask my wife. I love candy. I buy candy every week. I can't, if it's chewy and it's gummy, it's mine. Don't touch it. Gummy bears, jelly beans, leave them alone. They are mine. That is, that's my thing. I love them. But we encourage you, can you bring something? We need some candy donations for that. Is anybody willing to do that for us? That would be amazing. Amen. Amen. Are you ready this morning? I believe God 
God has given us a word this morning, and I'm really quite excited to share it. So I want to encourage you to, to kind of open up yourself this morning to hear from God. We're in the theme this month, which is ghost stories. How many were here last week? How many heard Pastor Adam's message last, last week? It was kind of the last message before he kind of left to go and have a great time in, in Hawaii. But his message was so, so powerful last week. I, was, I left here so fired up. Remember what he was saying? He was saying, pray until you see what God says. How many remember that? Pray until you see what God says. It was fantastic. It was so fantastic. And this morning, continuing on in this theme, ghost stories, I'm going to speak a message. And if you're into titles, the title of this message is called The Lazarus Phenomenon. Someone say The Lazarus Phenomenon. Is there anybody here that works in the medical field? A few people work in the medical field. How many have heard of the Lazarus phenomenon? How many people have, that you would say you know exactly what that is? A couple people know what the Lazarus phenomenon is. The Lazarus phenomenon is the name of an actual medical phenomenon which was first discovered in 1982. It was first, it was first discovered. It was a it's kind of a rare thing. And what it is is that when someone is pronounced dead, someone passes away, their heart stops beating, everything kind of discontinues, and they're pronounced dead, the Lazarus phenomenon is when that person, after a certain period of time, that person automatically wakes back up. Their heart starts beating again, they start breathing again, their life flows back through their veins again. It's called the Lazarus phenomenon, and it's a really kind of a crazy thing. There's stories of, there's stories of people that, are, that wake up 15 minutes after they're pronounced dead. There's stories of people waking up hours, and there's, a, there's stories of people waking up in the morgue in a body bag. Ha, uh, I would not want to be the person working at the morgue that day. I, that would be terrifying. But it's, it's happened. And it's rare, but it has happened. There's one story of, a, of an 81 or 91-year-old woman who she woke up in the morgue and she woke up and she was craving pancakes and, and maple syrup. She woke up, she's like, oh, I need pancakes. Can you imagine if you, seriously, if I'm at a funeral and I'm, like, and I'm like standing there and all of a sudden the person just sits up and goes, oh, I need pancakes. I feel like that would be kind of, kind of terrifying, but this is something that, that has happened. It's called the Lazarus Phenomenon, and it is indeed named after an amazing, amazing miracle that took place in the book of John chapter 11, which is where we're going to be today. And this morning, if I can, I'd like to bring out three things in this story, three things that have really hit me when I was kind of doing, doing some research on this story. And, and I want to share them with you today. And my hope today is that your faith is strengthened by what I have found in this story. And that we can go out of here understanding a little bit more of who Jesus is, a little bit more of who God is and what he's capable of. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for this service. I thank you for everyone here. Lord, every person that's here representing their families, representing their life, their world. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch every one of us today. Lord, I pray that you would move in a way that only you can. Lord, I pray that our faith would be strengthened this morning. Lord, that we would walk out of here helping each other to be strong in the faith. And I thank you for it. Lord, I also pray, Lord, that your protection would be on our pastors. Lord, as they're away. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help them, guide them. Lord, I pray that you give them rest. Lord, bring them together as a family, and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Yeah. Amen. All right, John chapter 11, uh, verse 1. Let's jump into it. It says this. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it says, and then it says, and then it says, <laughs> and it says this. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, and they said, Lord, the one that you love is sick. The one that you love is sick. 
And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son might be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and, there's, and, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So I find this rather curious. Most people, maybe you, my, maybe myself, certainly myself, if a good friend of mine, if I find out someone gives word that Dude, your friend is like, he's like about to die. He's like on his deathbed. What am I going to do? I'm going to like, I'm going to move heaven and earth to get where he is and try to help out in any way I can or, or, or to, 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 to get over there and pray, help, be with the family and all those kinds. I'm going to do everything I can to get where he is. That's what I would do. And I think any normal person would, would probably do that. But what's crazy is that Jesus hears that Lazarus is on his deathbed. Martha or Mary, whoever it was, sends word to Jesus, and they're like, dude, Jesus, Lazarus is about to die. He's about to die. And what does Jesus do? He decides, okay, well, I'm going to wait here for a couple more days. That comes kind of jacked up, doesn't it? Jesus is kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to hang out. I'm just going to hang out here, and, 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 uh, and then I'll be over there when I, when I get over there. And on, it moves on in verse 11. It says, after he had said this, he went to tell them, his disciples, he went to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go wake him up. I'm going to go wake him up. Now, what's pretty obvious here, and I find this kind of bizarre, is that Jesus, he waited literally for two days because he was waiting for Lazarus to die. Jesus knew Lazarus was going to die. He knew that it was going to happen. Jesus, obviously, he knows the end from the beginning. He knew Lazarus was going to die, and he waited on purpose. That seems kind of messed up. When you read it, it seems kind of bizarre. Why would Jesus do this? And then, of course, once Lazarus was dead, then Jesus says, he's just fallen asleep. And in verse 12, it says this. He says, his disciples replied, Lord, if he's asleep, won't he just wake up? And Jesus had, had been speaking of his death, not actual physical sleep. And in verse 14, and he says that Jesus told them plainly, dude, Lazarus is dead. It's almost like, it's like in a movie. It's like, well, if he's asleep, isn't he going to wake up? And Jesus is like, you idiot, Lazarus is dead. He's dead, okay? That's just, get it through your mind. And so, and for your sake, he says, for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. I'm glad that I wasn't there for your sake because now you will really believe. Now you will really believe. So let's go to him is what Jesus says. Now, when Jesus arrives where Lazarus died, and he arrives in the city of Bethany, the Bible says that Lazarus, he finds out Lazarus was dead for four days by that point. Four days. Lazarus is dead. He's been put in a tomb. The stone is rolled over the tomb. Lazarus is, you know, he's buried. He's got the, the linen wrapped around him. This guy is done. It is over. Finished. There's no, this is as finished as it can possibly be. The guy is dead and buried. This is the final thing. This is how it was. And Martha, Martha's a very interesting person in this story. I actually feel like Martha, it, the story's almost more about Martha than it is about Lazarus or anyone else. And because Martha, Mar Martha is, Martha's like a character going through a situation and Lazarus is the situation. Does that make sense? Lazarus is the situation, and Martha is the character going through the situation. And Martha seems like she's kind of mentally torn. She's, she's mentally torn throughout this. She seems, she seems torn between accepting the finality of the situation and in believing 
that the impossible is possible. She's torn between the two. Lazarus is dead, but God can do anything. Lazarus is dead, but God can do anything. And we see this in a very, very interesting exchange that Martha has with Jesus. Check this out, verse 20. It says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said, if you had just been here, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. My brother would not have died. But then she says in verse 22, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So right here we see this, we see this kind of, this kind of, this weird give and take, push and pull in Martha's mind. In one hand, she's like, God, if you, Jesus, if you had just come when I called you, if you had just come to, come to Lazarus's aid when I called you, you could have healed him. He would be alive today. You could have healed him. But I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask of him. And so she's torn. And we find ourselves in these kinds of mental battles all the time, right? Well, we, we humans with God, we, 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 have ourselves, we find ourselves in these kinds of mental battles with God. We either err on the side of what we physically see or we err on the side of faith. It's one of the two. And this is a battle that every single one of us faces literally on a daily basis. Is anybody else with me on that? We battle this regularly on a daily basis. And in verse 23, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Which, amazing. Jesus says, your brother will rise, rise again. But Martha, she, she believes it, but she's kind of, eh. You know, she's like, yes, I, I know he will rise up again in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus says something so profound. He says, no, no, no. I am the resurrection. Come on, is anybody here today? Jesus says, I am the resurrection. This is one of the most powerful things that comes out of the mouth of Jesus in the New Testament. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, they will live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. They will never die. And then he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And Martha's like, yes. Yes. Martha says, yes, Lord. She says, I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into this world. So Martha, she kind of decides to choose faith. At this point, Martha kind of makes a decision within her mind. I'm choosing to believe. And she goes and she gets her sister Mary. And they take Jesus to the tomb where Lazarus where Lazarus was buried. Jesus wants to go to this tomb. They take him to the tomb. And the Bible says that there's people from all over Judea, all these Jews that all came to the house to comfort them. So now all these people are all converging on this tomb. This is becoming a bit of a spectacle. Okay, They're all headed to this tomb. You can just imagine all these people surrounding this tomb. And in verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, he came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across its entrance. In 39, Jesus says, verse 39, it says, take away the stone. Take away the stone. And it's right here at this point that Martha, remember, Martha, just, she just made this decision, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you can do what you say you can do. And yet, right here, doubt is once again brought up in her mind. Right, right now in her mind. And she says this. She says, but Lord, she says, by this time there's going to be a bad odor. 
he, I mean, he's been dead for four days. She's like, Jesus, I don't, I don't think you understand. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but Jesus, Lazarus has been dead for four days. If you, if you move away that stone, it, it's going to stink, right? Anybody ever smelled death? We had a little hummingbird that went, no, we didn't have a hummingbird, but a hummingbird flew into our garage the other day, and uh, we didn't realize it was there, and I closed the garage door, and I went inside. Anyway, this thing died, okay? And uh, I found it on the floor the next day, and even the little tiny hummingbird, it was like a real, it was, I mean, it was potent. I mean, it was just like a couple days, and it was potent, okay? And this is a little hummingbird. She's saying, dude, my brother has been dead for four days. It's going to stink. It's going to really, really stink. And I find this fascinating right here. Jesus is literally, check this out, Jesus is literally about to do the miracle. He's about to do the miracle, and the one person who would want to see it happen more than anyone else, Martha, is stopping him from doing it. Martha, the one person who, who wants, wants, wanted Lazarus to live all this time more than anyone else, she's trying to stop Jesus from doing it. Why is this? Why is this? I'm going to tell you, because in order for the miracle to take place, something has to be uncovered. Something has to be uncovered. Something that has been declared dead. Are you with me today? Something that has been declared dead. Jesus says, roll away the stone. And Martha tells Jesus, leave the stone where it is. Why, why would you roll away the stone? Because there's going to be an odor. It's been four days. Jesus, don't, don't pull back the stone. It's been a long time. And this isn't going to be a pleasant experience if you do this, Jesus. She's like, don't roll away that stone. I've already called that dead, Jesus. Jesus, that's something that I've already given up on, Jesus. She says, Jesus, if you pull away that stone, it's not going to be pleasant. It's going to bring back painful reminders of something that I once hoped for. Are you with me? Painful reminders of something that I once hoped for, but now I've given up on. She says, don't roll away that stone. It sounds like us sometimes, doesn't it? It says, we, we say things like, Jesus, if this particular tomb gets tampered with, Jesus, if this particular tomb gets tampered with, I'm going to have to revisit some things that I don't know that I can bear again. Are you with me? Jesus, if you roll away this stone, it's going to be painful for me. If you roll away this stone, it's not going to be easy. Jesus, you don't understand, I have laid that to rest. And yet Jesus is saying, I know you have, but I've come to wake it up. Jesus says, I've come to wake it up. And the easy thing to do for you and I is to bury something deep and call it dead. That's what we do as human beings all the time. We give up on something and what do we do? We bury it down, we bury it over and we say, that is dead. That is no longer something that I'm going to put any hope in. That is something that I am going to call dead. But this is the first thing that I've learned in this, in this story today. The first thing, and it's this. Be careful not to call dead what God says is only sleeping. Be careful not to call dead what God says is only sleeping. You know, it's a terrifying prospect. It's a terrifying prospect to allow God to revisit the painful things that we have given up on. It's a terrifying prospect. Why? Because it means relying on Him to do what we could not do. It means we have to have full, total reliance on God to do what we couldn't do. And Martha struggled with this. She struggled with this because on one hand, she had faith in God and faith in what God said. And on the other hand, she struggled because of what she had been told. What had she been told? Lazarus is dead. She's been, she's been told for days and days, Lazarus is dead. 
She's been, she's been told by tons of people, Lazarus is dead. Total reliance on God, by the way, is not a weakness. Total reliance on God is one of the greatest strengths that we have as the people of God. Total reliance on God is a strength, but relying on God requires a little bit of selective hearing. A little bit of selecting, selective hearing. What do you mean? Well, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because life is full of people, full of people, who will gladly confirm to you that what seems dead in your life is indeed dead. There's lots of people that will gladly confirm it to you. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. That's, that's totally dead. That's long gone. Oh, I feel for you, brother, sister. That's long gone. I'm so sorry. It's, you're right. It's dead. It's dead. It's a lost cause. You know what? It's not worth the pain. Just... It's not worth the pain. Just, just back off from it and, you know, just because I, I, I care about you, you know. I, I care about you. Just, just back off of that. You, you're not going to get it back. You're not going to get it back. Just stop, stop trying. Stop beating a dead horse. It's over. You're, you're not going to reach that person. They're too far gone. Just leave them be. Just leave them be. You're not going to reach them. Or, you, you, or here's a good one. Yeah, but you can't afford that. You can't afford that. Have you seen the market right now? Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's way above what you can afford. And you're going to make a big mistake. I don't, I don't know that God can do that one in your life. You, you can't afford that. Or stop trying. That person's not going to get saved. They're, they're way too far gone. That person's, you just got to let them go. And, and if they find God, they'll find God. You know, just got to let them go. You, or you can't forgive them. They hurt you too bad. That person hurts you too bad. Don't, don't give them the satisfaction of feeling like they won. How dare they? They hurt you too bad. You can't forgive them. Lazarus is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Lazarus is dead. You know, who you, who you spend your time with is important because what they excuse me, who you spend your time with is important because what they say begins to become what you think. What they say begins to become what you think. If I hang around someone that is constantly negative and telling me that God can't do the things that I know that God says he can do, after a while I'm going to start to think that God can't do the things that I know he can do. It's important that the people that are around us, that we choose them very carefully. Even though you might be trying to influence someone, you have to be aware that those per people are also influencing you. It's important to, to remember this. Here's the thing that you have to remember. You can't change the people that are around you, but you can change the people that are around you. I'll say it again, just for anybody that maybe didn't get it. You can't change the people that are around you, but you can change the people that are around you. Are you with me today? Is anybody in this place? You can change the people who are around you. And it's, a, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. Get around the people that are going to encourage, that are going to build your faith, that are going to lift you up. The people that are going to say, brother, sister, God can do exactly what he says he can do. God is able. He is willing. He's a God of miracles. We sang about it this morning. I know. I know your breakthrough is coming. Those are the people that we need to have in our circle. Because everyone that was around Martha was saying Lazarus was dead. There's no doubt there was some kind of physician or doctor or something that was there that was saying, I did, I, however they say, I pronounce this man dead. I'm sure she heard it from a professional, I'm sure. And so in, Ma in Martha's mind, Lazarus is dead. It even says in verse 19, Jews from everywhere came to help mourn with her. And they're there, they're weeping and they're crying and they're saying, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. All of them, probably tens, maybe hundreds of people, who knows? And everyone's saying the same thing. She's being bombarded with the same thing. Lazarus is dead, but Jesus gets there and he says, Lazarus isn't dead, he's only sleeping. He's only sleeping. 
Who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to today? Jesus says, don't call dead what I say is only sleeping. Don't call lifeless what God says is only dormant. Don't call useless what God says has potential. Don't call finished what God says is just getting started. Don't call it the end when God says to be continued. Don't say they're too far gone when God says no, they're one step closer. Don't say I cannot when God says yes you can. Don't say I don't have when God says I will give. Be careful not to call dead what God says is only sleeping. You and I, we get so focused on what appears to be de the death of something that we forget that Jesus said, this will not end in death. Jesus said, this is not going to end in death. When I was researching this Lazarus phenomenon, the medical Lazarus phenomenon, I came across a quote that I find extremely interesting. And the quote says this. It says, Perhaps it is not what is bringing a patient back to life that we should be concerned about, but maybe they were never deceased to begin with. And it just really got me thinking. Perhaps, perhaps, is it safe to say that if something dies but it can be brought back to life again, then in a sense it was never dead? In a sense, it was never truly dead, right? And if this is the case, then we can confidently, we as believers can confidently say that if Jesus is present then nothing can really be truly dead until he says it's dead. Nothing can really be called dead until God says that's dead. But if God doesn't say it's dead and God says it's only sleeping, then it's only sleeping. It's not dead. Am I, am, is that just me or is that what it seems like? That's what it seems like here. If Jesus says it's just sleeping, that means it can come back to life. Amen. Are you with me today? Amen. The Bible says that when Jesus died, what did he do? It says he took back the keys of death. He took back the keys of death. So death is literally in the hands. The keys to death are literally in the hands of Jesus. And he can do with it whatever he wants. So the things that you and I may have given up on and declared dead in our lives are unable to be truly dead if God is present. Excuse me. What did Jesus say to Martha? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's one of the most powerful things that he says. I am the resurrection and the life. This is something that makes no sense to us in our human brains, how something can literally be brought back to life again. That's why it's called a phenomenon. The word phenomenon, actually, the, the meaning of it, it's a noun. It says it's a fact or a situation that is observed to exist or happen, especially one whose cause or explanation is in question. In other words, we don't know how it works. How a phenomenon works. We don't, that's why it's a phenomenon. But here's the thing. In Jesus' eyes, there's no such thing as a phenomenon. Are you with me? In the eyes of Jesus, there's no such thing as a phenomenon because Jesus understands it all. He understands how it exists, how it exists, and he understands the end from the beginning and exactly how things are going to play out. And he also knows what he is capable of. Clearly, Jesus does not see death as an end. Jesus doesn't look at death and see an end. Our natural minds see death as an end. But in Jesus' eyes, the end is not the end. The end is not the end. And isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say to his disciples, he didn't say, don't worry, Lazarus is not going to die. He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, don't worry, this will not end in death. Are you with me? He said, don't worry, this is not going to end in death. He already knew that Lazarus was going to die, but he also knew that the end is not the end. He knew that the end is not the end. And when... When he arrived, and he sees all these people mourning and all these people crying, and Jesus is like, dude, chill. He's not dead. The guy's just sleeping. 
He's just sleeping. He didn't say Lazarus was dead. He said that he was just sleeping. You know, Jesus, I want you to grasp this today. Jesus didn't speak death over something that was always intended to live again. Jesus didn't speak death over something that was always intended to live again. Jesus was demonstrating the capability of what you speak to affect what you see. Is anybody here today? Jesus was demonstrating what you speak can affect what you see. And this brings us to the second point that I want to make about this story today, and which is this. It says, when your words defy what you see, then what you see becomes reversible. When your words defy what is in front of you, what you can see, the situation, the way it's panned out, the way it looks, it all looks one way. But when your words defy what you see, then what you see can be changed. When your words, your words are so important. Someone say, my words are important. And Jesus demonstrated this to us in this part of this story. Amen. You know, Jesus said, for your sakes, he told his disciples, for your sakes, I'm glad that I wasn't there because now you're really going to believe. Now you're really going to believe. Sometimes we call on God to come to our aid, like in the moment. We say, God, this, this thing is happening. I need your help. Or God, this, this person is sick and I need your help. Or God, this is, this is something that's going on and God, I'm, I'm getting really, I'm getting to the end of my rope here in this, God. I need your help. God, please, God, help me. So many times we come we come to that point, we ask God to come to our aid in the moment, but his response is to wait and then perform a miracle later on. And I find this really interesting. The family of Lazarus, they begged, they begged for Jesus. They said, Jesus, come and heal our brother. And they said it, they, they wanted Jesus to come and heal him before he died. But Jesus chose to come after Lazarus appeared to be beyond saving. And, the, and then only then resurrect him. And it's the same result. Both, both scenarios are the same result. If Jesus heals in the moment, Lazarus is alive. If Lazarus dies and Jesus brings him back to life, Lazarus is alive. It, it's the same result. But here's the thing. One of those scenarios is infinitely more powerful in the life of the people who are doing the asking. Does that make sense? One of those scenarios is way more powerful in the life of the people who are doing the asking. And I find it interesting that the scripture says... Check this out. It says, now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. It, it makes a big statement of this. Jesus loved them, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was. I find that very, very, very curious. Jesus loved them, and because he loved them, he decided to wait. He decided not to go immediately, not to go and heal Lazarus before he died. Why? Why would Jesus do something like that? So because Jesus loved these people, he made them wait for a miracle. Why is that? You might be here this morning and you're waiting on God for something and it's, it's taking a long time. You might be here this morning and you're, you're, you're waiting, maybe something God promised you or maybe, maybe it's a promise in your life and you've been holding on to it and it's been a long time. Maybe, maybe you've been praying and you've been asking for something and, and God has not, he's not come through yet in that part of your life and, or maybe, maybe it, it's a dream that God's put on your heart, something that you want to do for God, and yet the opportunity hasn't arisen itself yet, and, and you're kind of wondering, God, where, where is this going to fit in, and how is this going to work? Maybe you're just waiting for him to kick this virus to kingdom come so we could all get back to a normal life again. Right? Man, God, where are you at? Where are you at? There's a lot of people in this room that are thinking that right now. God, look at this world. 
Have you seen this? Look at our nation. Look what's happening in this nation. God, where are you at? I'm looking for you, God. I'm looking for a response. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for an answer. And a lot of us are in that place right now. But if God is a God of love for us, and he is, amen, he is, then why does he sometimes make us wait for what we ask? Why does he do that? You know, instantaneous answered prayer, it does happen. It does happen sometimes. I've seen it happen. It's an amazing thing. And it handles a problem, whatever that problem might be. It does handle the problem, but it brings with it very little personal growth. It brings with it very little personal growth. But when God asks us to wait, and then he performs a miracle when the situation becomes desperate, that's when our faith gets tested. That's when our, our, that's when our, our prayer life gets strengthened. Because it forces us, come on, it forces us to have a little bit of, to have a little bit of, of, of faith. It forces us to get into our Bible a little bit more. It forces us to pray a little bit harder. It forces us to do what we don't, maybe wouldn't typically do. And it also, the words that we use in those moments begin to hold a lot more weight. A lot more weight. God cares a lot less about how fast his miracle arrives than he does about strengthening the longevity of your faith. You catch that? God cares a lot less about how fast the miracle arrives than he does about the longevity of our faith in him. That's what God cares about. God is in the business of answering prayers. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's totally in the business of answering prayers as well as building up our mental, emotional, and spiritual fortitude. God wants to make us more like Christ. He wants us to be more like Christ. And Jesus said, the guy's not dead. He's only sleeping. Jesus had all the faith in the world because he knew what God is capable of. And he knew that all he needs to do is say the word. That's what Jesus understood. And in the moment, it's hard for you and I. In the moment, it's difficult. We don't understand why, why God hasn't answered our prayer yet. God, why? Where are you at? Why haven't you answered my prayer? Why, 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 why do we so often, or what we so often do is we declare the promise dead and we start to mourn. That's what we do as people. It's in our human nature. We decide, you know, for my wife and I, I'll use us as an example. We, we decided it, it would have been easy for us to decide to say, God, it's been six and a half years. God, we don't have any kids yet. God, we've been praying. We've been really, we've been really lifting it up. And, you know, Cindy, I just really feel like maybe it's, maybe it's time that we just kind of call it quits. And, you know, maybe God just never intended to give us kids. Maybe God just never, uh, maybe it's just not in the cards for us. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's just not going to be a part of our life. We could have said that. But you know our story. A lot of you know our story. We got two kids and one on the way now because God always comes through. But it could have been so easy for us to say that. It could have been so easy and we would cry together and, and just kind of accept it. Lazarus is dead. And just kind of, you know, that's just the way it is. And we can mourn the death of the dream. We can mourn the death of, of what we thought. We just start mourning because Jesus hasn't arrived. That's what we seem to do as human beings. We, we mourn the death of the things that we hope for just simply because Jesus hasn't arrived yet. Now, have you ever seen, has anybody ever seen like, a, how many watch like boxing or MMA fighting or whatever? Anybody watch that kind of stuff? Some people are like, oh, that's evil. <laughs> but uh, I don't really watch fighting. It's not, it's not, I'm, I've never been in a fight. The most I've ever done is I punched my brother in the face one time when I was a little kid. Um, but uh, I, it was a, 
big mistake. <laughs> but anyway, if you ever see like a fight, we'll, call, we'll say a boxing fight. So you got this arena full of thousands and thousands of people. Crowd's going crazy. Everyone's going nuts. It's awesome. It's really cool. Everyone's screaming and hollering. And then in comes the fighter, right? What happens? The curtain opens. And this guy, you know, he's got his, uh, he's got his like his cape on or whatever they, whatever they wear. And he's got the boxing gloves. He's like, yeah. You know, and he, he's walking down. He's just full of testosterone. He's ready to, ready, ready to throw down, you know. But the fighter doesn't come in by himself, right? The fighter travels with what's called an entourage. And what happens when the curtain opens, it's not just the fighter that you see. You see the fighter, you see his best buddies, three or four of them, five of them, six of them, whoever. You see his coach, you see, you see quite a few that are walking with him. And they're walking right behind him and he's like, uh, you know, he's going to take care of business. And they're all behind him and they're like, yeah, you're going to, Ben's laughing at me. <laughs> but the fighter travels with an entourage. And here's the thing that you have to understand today. Jesus travels with an entourage. Jesus travels with an entourage, and you have to understand, Jesus is on his way. Jesus is on his way. He might be waiting, but he's on his way. And Jesus travels in it with an entourage, and who is in Jesus' entourage? Because when Jesus arrives in your situation, who comes with him? Life comes with Jesus. Purpose and resurrection travel with Jesus. They're part of his entourage. Change, future, deliverance, they're all part of Jesus' entourage. They're walking right behind him wherever he goes. Strength and destiny, dreams and healing, they're all part of Jesus' entourage. You have to understand, Jesus is on his way. He's taking his time. He might be taking his time for whatever reason he sees fit, but he's on his way and his entourage is coming with him. Is anybody with me today? Jesus has an entourage coming with him. Pastor Adam said last week, he said, pray until you see what God says. Pray until you see what God says. Pray until Jesus arrives and he brings his entourage. Wait till, pray until Jesus finally arrives. And I'm here to tell you today, and this is the third point and the final point in this message, persistence in the asking is a miracle in the making. Anybody hear that today? Persistence in the asking is a miracle in the making. Let's get the band up here today. Persistence in the asking is a miracle in the making. I'll take a miracle in my most desperate hour than an answered prayer in the moment every time. Every time. Because only then can I truly understand, grasp, and appreciate the power of the God that I serve. Are you with me today? I'll take a miracle in my most desperate hour any day. You know, God could have, when my wife and I first started understanding that we were struggling with having kids, we could have prayed and said, God, we want kids. And God could have been like, okay, boom, and then all done. But we would not have the testimony that we have today. I can't even tell you how many times I sat with my wife and we cried together because of the struggle that we were going through. I can't tell you the amount of times that we prayed together. And I'm not joking, every single night. We prayed, and how many nights you start to kind of lose the desire to pray for it anymore? Whatever it might be, this is just our scenario, but whatever it is in your life, you start to lose the desires, like, ah, oh, and I've said this a thousand times. I've prayed this a thousand times, God. And you start to kind of lose that desire to even ask. But if God hadn't done what he did, the way that he did it, we wouldn't have the testimony that we have today. Today, I can look you in the face and I can tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been waiting, God is able to do what he promised you he would do. And he will do it. That's the God that I serve. And I can say it with confidence. And I can say it with faith. 
And anyone in this place that has dealt with something and gone through something and waited and waited and waited for God to move on their behalf, and then they saw Jesus march in with his entourage and save the day and do the miracle. Anyone in this place that has had that happen in their life will say the same thing. God is able, God is capable, all you have to do is kind of stick with it. Stick with it, keep praying, don't stop praying. Pray until you see what God says. Persistence in the asking is a miracle in the making. So are you listening to the mourners today? Are you listening to the people that say Lazarus is dead? Or are you listening to Jesus when he comes your way and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Can we stand our feet tonight, all together in this place? I think there's some people in here, maybe this has re resonated with you. I hope so. This is, a, this is a message of faith today. Jesus is on his way. Jesus is on his way in your life. And whatever that situation might be, in your life today, and maybe you've declared it dead, or maybe you're about to declare it dead, whatever it might be. And I don't know what the situations are today. I only know the person who's capable of fixing the situation. That's all I know. I'm here to ask today, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voices are you listening to? Are you listening to the voices of the crowd, the people that are saying Jesus is dead? Or are you listening to the voices of faith, the voices that are telling you, hang in there, don't stop praying, don't stop believing? voices are you listening to today? Because Jesus says it's not dead, it's just sleeping. And guess what? I'm coming to wake him up. I'm coming to wake him up. I hope that builds some faith in your, in, in your, in your bones today. Jesus is on his way and he's bringing his entourage to wake up the dreams, to wake up, to wake up the situation, to bring that person back. The person you've been praying for, they're on their way. They're, they're one step closer to the house of God. They're one step closer. That child that you've been praying for, the person that, the young person that you've been praying for, your, your, your son or daughter who's not walking with the Lord right now, they're one step closer. They're one step, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop. Pray until you see what God says. So whatever that is for you this morning, whatever it is, God is going to speak to you during this battle. But unless you're utilizing your selective hearing, you aren't going to distinguish the voice of God over the voices of the mourners. And God wants to do a miracle in your life. Amen? God wants to do a miracle in your life. Can we, can we maybe close our eyes this morning? All across this place. Jesus, we love you today. Maybe just start by telling God that you love him. Say from your own, from your own mouth today. Just tell God you love him. Jesus. Tell God, I trust you this morning. Just say, God, I trust you. Don't say it because I'm asking you to say it. Say it because you believe it, if you believe it. Say, God, I trust you. God, I've been waiting. God, I've been asking. And God, I've gotten pretty close to calling this thing dead. But God, I believe. Come on, just like Martha, she said, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you can do whatever you want to do. I believe that God will give you whatever you ask. God is on the way. Jesus is walking this direction. He's walking towards you today. Maybe you're here today and that is you and you're dealing with something. I want you to do something incredibly bold this morning because God responds to bold faith. And I want you, if you can, if that's something that's, that resonates with you and there's something you're praying for, there's something that you've been seeking, it's been a long time and you're right on the edge, I wonder, would you join me here at the front? We're going to pray over it together. We're going to pray over it together. We're going to build some faith this morning. Is there anybody here that's able to say, I, I've been dealing with something, and I 
have enough faith, I have enough strength, I have enough within me to say my faith is going to stand firm over my doubt this morning. If that's you, come on, there's people coming up all over the front. Come on, if that's you, there's still more people in this place. I really believe it today. You say, I know that God can do what he says he can do. I know that God can do what he says he can do. Oh, Jesus, come on. Just wait just another moment. Anybody else, you're here today and you'd say, I know that God can do what he says he can do. And I'm taking a big step of faith this morning. A big step of faith. It's hard for us to take that step of faith because, well, what if God won't answer? Guess what? God is in the business of miracles. That's what God is in the business of. And I believe it today. And I'm going to pray it over you. And I'm going to pray it with authority. And I want you to pray it with authority too. Let's build our faith this morning. Come on, everybody in this place, can you reach your hands forward? Let's pray over these people in Jesus' name. God, I lift them up to you, Lord. I lift them up to you this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, whatever the situation might be, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that right now, right now, Lord, in their minds, in their hearts, Lord, as they've been praying, they've been lifting these things up to you today. And Lord, whatever the situation might be, whether it's a person, whether it's a whether it's something with school, something with work, something with, the, with their future, something of, of dreams or something, whatever it might be, God, I pray in Jesus' name, do a miracle on their behalf. Lord, we're waiting, we're patient, our faith is being tested, but our faith is also being built up. So Lord, we lift it up to you today. And I declare, Lord, breakthrough is on its way. Jesus is on its way. Jesus is on his way and he's bringing with him. He's bringing life. He's bringing hope. He's bringing resurrection. He's bringing it all. Jesus is able to do what he says he can do. Come on, if you're here in the front, lift up your hands before the Lord. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up today. Jesus, I know, God, I know you can do it, Lord. Jesus, we lift it up before you today, God. We trust in your name. We trust in your word. We trust in who you are. Come on. Come on. We're all going to sing this together this morning and sing it in faith today. Sing it out. Lift it up. Oh, yeah. I know the breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Come on, somebody sing it. Oh, yeah. I know the breakthrough is coming. Oh, yeah. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Let it flow from your heart this morning. Sing it. I know, I know. Sing it. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Come on, sing it one more time. One more time. I know. Breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this place. Begin to thank Him. Thank Him for the miracle. Thank Him for the miracle. Jesus is on His way. Jesus can do exactly what He says He can do. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we're grateful to you, God. We're grateful. We're grateful to you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Jesus, we love you today. You know, I want to just give one call before we end this service. If you're here today, you just heard a message of faith. If you don't know the Lord, I want you to know something. That when you walk with God, when you walk with God, God walks with you. It's not just something we serve God and, 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 and we just have to give everything to God. God wants to give everything back to you as well. If you're here today and you don't know God or you're not walking with God or you're you, you, you don't have a relationship with God, I want to encourage you. In today's day and age, you need to walk with God. If you don't walk with God, you don't have life. 
And God wants to give you life, and he wants to give you life more abundant. And I don't know if anyone is here today who maybe doesn't know the Lord, but I'm just going to take a little step here and say, if you're here today, I want to pray for you. I want you to receive life today. And if this has resonated with you in any way, I want to give the opportunity. If you're here today, this is another bold step, and boldness is good. Boldness is a good thing, and honesty. If you're here today, and you want to give your life to the Lord, and something has resonated within you, and you want to give your life to, to the Lord today, I want to pray with you. But if that's you, if you would just lift your hand, and don't delay. Lift your hand to the Lord today. I don't know if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord, and wants to give their life to the Lord. Is anybody at all? Anybody at all? I just want to give this call. Anybody at all? I got one. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's some honesty right there. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Is there anybody else here today? God is in the business of healing. God is in the business of restoration. When we live for God, God begins to restore our lives. When you live for God and you put your trust and your faith and your hope in God, God begins to restore your family. God begins to restore the dreams. He begins to restore it all. Anybody else at all? Amen, 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 amen. All right. My brother. This is Josh, everybody. Amen. Josh. What God did for you on the cross, he did so much more than just die. And he did so much more than save our lives as believers. Every one of us here, I'm assuming, have given our lives to the Lord, doing exactly what you did right now. I remember when I did that. And, and you've got to understand that Jesus didn't just die to save you. He died to literally give you life from here on in. And it's a life that you haven't experienced before. And I'm so, I'm so excited for you today, my brother. Jesus died for you today. And what I want to do is I'm going to just pray a real simple prayer. Just, no, they're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Just repeat these words after me. In fact, we're all going to repeat them together. Can we do that together with our brother today? All right. Say, Lord Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner. I understand that I've made mistakes. On my own, I'm incapable of living right but God because of what you did on the cross to save my soul Lord today I can have life and so Lord I open my heart and I accept what you did and I say and I declare I believe in Jesus Christ and I believe that I am forgiven Lord, come into my heart and change me from the inside. Bring me new life in Jesus' name. Amen.